Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bent with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal to amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I said on every episode, we got a great one for you. Who do we have? Yes, we have Lucy Bullock with us today. She is a 17-year-old indie singer-songwriter born and raised in Buffalo Grove, Illinois. Her new single, Nothing in Life, was released on July 20th and is available through all streaming platforms and digital retailers. Lucy had the honor of performing her new single at the world-famous Bluebird Cafe during the week of its release. And we're excited to have her on the show today, so yes, welcome to the show. welcome. Super excited to be here. Hi, you guys. Hi. <laughs> so I always like to start the show out the same way because we're still kind of in this crazy oh, pandemic yes. season. Yeah. So how did the pandemic affect what you do this past year? And what have you done to kind of get through this? So actually, the pandemic has affected a lot of what I've done over the past year because it was honestly through the pandemic that I really took to songwriting and started to take oh, wow. it more seriously. I had been involved with music stuff and different theater stuff. And I mean, I've been involved with music my entire life. But I, so for example, I'm in a cover band back home. Um, I've been a founding member of it since I was 12 years old. We play bars, restaurants, we play all over the place in the Chicagoland area. But that was mostly covers. And I had really done covers for the majority of my life. And it wasn't really until the pandemic hit that I had the time. And I really kind of had the ability to take to songwriting and really become serious about it. So that was where the original music started. Actually, my first single, you'll find out, that was released was the first like full song I ever actually wrote. And that's like almost a year old. Oh, you reinvented yourself. Right. No, absolutely. So I mean, uh, it was through the pandemic that I was really, you know, able to take it seriously and write the whole EP, uh, the whole first EP that I've written. And not only that, but that was when, um, that was why I went to Nashville. That was March. Uh, that was this past March over spring break that, you know, as things were starting to get back to normal, that we decided to take the trip down, um, down here to Nashville and record the first EP. So yeah, I mean, through the pandemic, it really gave me the ability to reflect on a lot of different things just because we were inside. Um, and actually relating it to this, um, my new single, Nothing in Life, Nothing in Life is actually about the pandemic and about, um, it was born through the pandemic. Um, I was on a FaceTime call with one of my friends in the cover band back home and we were reminiscing about the experience of live performance and how much we missed that and how there was nothing we could do to really replicate that and nothing we could do, you know, through any live stream, through any, personal practice to really get that same feeling of a live performance. So that was where nothing in life came from. So, I mean, in short, it, it affected me so much, but in, in very positive ways. And I was able to take a lot from it. And yeah, I mean, kind of like you said, really just reinvent myself as an artist. And, you know, that's like, you know, this show kind of got reinvented because we launched January of 2020. We did. A couple yeah. months before. And it started out as just an up-and-coming country artist show. That was yes. The Roots. The Roots. And like me and you was yes. talking beforehand, that's not no longer The Roots. It's like everything involves everything in entertainment. Right. But I remember we launched, and two months later, pandemic happens. And our original plan was 100 interviews last year. And we thought if we could do that, it'd be a great foundation. Mm -hmm. And then... Bam, COVID. Yeah. And I'm watching everything get shut down. I was like, oh, this could be our time to shine because 
You know, a lot yeah, of people saw an opening who, there, yeah. who would normally not come on a brand new show might be willing to come on mm -hmm. a newer show who are, you know, so we just reached out to everybody and we end up doing over 300 interviews last year. We're over 400 now. Yeah, that's awesome. And again, like you and I were talking about a little bit before, I mean, just broadening that reach to so many different kinds of artists. I feel like the one thing that all the artists have in common throughout this pandemic is the fact that we've had to get creative. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we've, you know, had to take these circumstances and do with it what we can. Yeah, most definitely. So when, you know, a lot of people would ask, when did you know you wanted to do music? But I always like to go deeper than that. When did it actually click that this could be a career choice for you? So <clears throat> it clicked that this, so music in general clicked in terms of like oh this could be something that i could do as a career for the rest of my life really when i started in the cover band mm -hmm. so when i was about 12 when we really oh, really wow. started picking up gigs um because i'm i'm the front woman i'm the least i'm the least <laughs> not only you know running the rehearsals and getting everything together um it's me and it's it's five other guys and i oh, wow. love them to death i mean they're awesome we have such a connection and such musicianship for our age, which is really, really, uh, you're pressed to find it. But I think really even more so, I am so drawn to it. And I really saw it as a career choice for myself because of that connection with the audience. Yeah. Yeah. And because, you know, I mean, there's nothing like the feeling of being an entertainer. I mean, it's just something I really, really love to do. And the band really gave me that ability to step into that and to be like, oh, this can be like, it's it's somehow simultaneously completely individual right. and completely right. connected to other people. Right. Which is, it's, it's so fun and it's just- How did the band come together? So we all take uh, music lessons at a music school over in Arlington Heights. It's another Northwest suburb of Chicago called Elroy Music Center. And sometimes they put kids together, you know, in groups for showcases and stuff like that, who they think will work well together. So we all got put together in this group and that was just for a summer. And they were like, well, if you guys want to continue this, continue this. If you don't, you know, I mean, it right. might fall apart and whatever, but we, we stuck with it and we've stuck with it ever since we, wow. I mean, sometimes we do upwards of like three hour shows at this point. We're, I mean, it was crazy right before the pandemic hit because we really had a packed summer schedule, unfortunately. I mean, we were almost every single weekend during right. the summer, multiple times a week um, at bars, restaurants, festivals. And it's it's a blast. I love it. I really, really do. Now, I see that you travel back and forth a lot between Nashville and Chicago. Now, as a 17-year-old, how has that been the travel part of it? It's it's been so fun. So these past two weeks, I have actually spent in Nashville recording my second EP. So part of that, uh, the last week was just you know spending all of those five days to some extent in studio, just recording and workshopping the songs and really getting those done. But then in between, then I've been doing some writers rounds and open mics and stuff like that, and it's. It's just a completely different experience that I have not gotten anywhere else. And I am completely in love with it. <laughs> it's it's awesome. <laughs> this this city is so incredible, not only for a musician, but for a young 
musician mm. is just like, I am so wide-eyed at everything. <laughs> like, yeah, back in and music, music, music. It's, it's wild. It's awesome. Uh, back in April was our first time ever visiting um, Nashville. Nashville. Mm -hmm. And we're planning on eventually moving out there. Yes. But our first night, we're on Broadway. We're almost to Broadway. We're walking downtown. Yes. And we're in front of Honky Tonk Central. And one of the band members seen little Chris or nine year old, nine which you'll hear from him later. But he um and so told somebody to give him this drumstick. So we thought that was the coolest thing or just walking yes. our first night and somebody gets him a drumstick. The drummer from whatever band was playing there that night. Yes. Well, we didn't realize what was about to happen. So we walk across the street. And we're in front of, and I love how they have all the windows oh, to where you, you don't have so to go it's open. Yeah. Or you can just be right there and enjoy as yes. you walk there. Mm -hmm. Well, we were sitting there in front of Dirk's Bentley Row. And I remember um, we're watching the band and the woman singing looks back and sees him with a drumstick. She comes down yes. and asks him would he like to play a song with them and hit and, On stage. Uh, with the drums. So so they pulled him. That is our first time ever yeah. in Nashville. They pulled him through the window there. <laughs> they pulled him through the That's window, crazy. put him on stage, and he got to kind of hit the drums while For they played. That's awesome. And, and that, you know, again, he's like, okay, we need to move. And then mm -hmm. he tried to manipulate the situation from that point he on. Carried he the carries the drumstick every time we're on Broadway now. He's he got the second one now, yeah. And, and then this last trip, um, we went to go see Crystal Steele, our friend at Old Red, and her um, drummer seen he only had one drumstick, says, you need another one. And so he ended up with now. I gave him the second one. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's so fun. <clears throat> Yeah, my my first time in Nashville was actually this past March um, when I came down to record the first EP. And it was funny because most of the days I was there, I had spent in studio. My dad and I were over, you know, just um, hanging out with the producer and working on the EP. And my mom and my sister were doing most of the gallivanting around the city. So it wasn't until like that Saturday, I want to say either that Friday night or Saturday, that I was able to go down Broadway for the first time. And oh, Having all of the windows open, and I mean, that's just the coolest thing. Now, I'll be honest. I pictured Broadway. It's this one mile, two mile stretch. <laughs> we you get down there, like and you're like, three okay, it's just three condensed, right? <laughs> but there's a lot, but a lot in packed in now. Three no blocks. Lot in there, and even just the streets right off of it. I mean, there's oh, still really? music as you're walking. Right, absolutely. <laughs> so, what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? So, hey, Sherry. Yes, hi, Sherry. Hi, Sherry. So, um, in terms of hobbies I like to do outside of music, I spend a lot of time with my younger sister. I really love doing that. She is, uh, two, she's about two years younger than me, two years younger than me in school. Uh, we do a ton of different stuff together, uh, baking and general activities around the house. She's the jock of the family, though. It's very <laughs> While we're split. She's a volleyball player and I'm the musician and I am very content with that. I do not <laughs> <laughs> yes. step into the sports role in my family, which is fine. Um, I'm also very, very uh, passionate about language. At yeah. high school, I double languaged for uh, three the past three years of my high school. I've taken both Spanish and Latin. And I, I just really take the language. I love it. I love the communication aspect with other people's. Uh, 
this year I will be on the National Spanish Honor Society at my high school. So just a lot of different communication and uh, trips and things uh, relating to that, which is super cool. Love that. Awesome. <clears throat> now, as you know, a lot of people, they see the glory behind like a Blake Shelton, a Miranda, a Carrie, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the trucks, the struggles, the tears that it takes, not just to get to their level, but even a career level within the entertainment world. And I always want to talk about it because I think that it's one of the most overlooked sides to music because people think, oh, you just need to go get a job, forget the passion, forget this. And people don't realize that this is you. This is who you are. Yeah. And there's so much work that goes into this. So let's talk a little bit about that side. What are some mm -hmm. of the sacrifices and struggles you've had to make a, as a teenager to get to even where you are today? I think just in general, it takes a lot of time management, which is part of the reason I was able to really seriously take the songwriting and my original music now with the time that I got during the pandemic. Um, I am very, very involved <laughs> in a lot of things, both you know, with my high school and now with the original music. I mean, I'm very, I'm just in general a very busy person. And now with college applications and academics, I take those very seriously as well. So I think in terms of general sacrifices to make, it's a very long road of just learning how to balance your schedule. And really, once you get that down, it becomes a little bit easier. But I always feel that like, I don't necessarily do very, you know, regular, almost teenage things. Like mm -hmm. I will spend, you know, nights at home songwriting or, you know, <laughs> out to bars and stuff with the cover. <laughs> very atypical things for a 17 year old girl to do, but it's what I love to do. And it's what I'm passionate about. And I yeah, think like the trips to Nashville, you probably don't get much time to enjoy Nashville. Absolutely. So I think a lot of it just has to do with because I found I, I'm, I'm very lucky to be so involved with music and have, you know, this outlet and the success with my original music. And I think it really just comes down to you have prioritized that. And it's really, you know, weighing those priorities and, you know, with relationships with friends and different people it's like you don't necessarily have time you know to go out every night and stuff like that with um high school friends and things like that so you just it's it's really really just a balancing act yeah we know joe he went for a different reason <laughs> oh yes <laughs> one of our buddies mm-hmm but yeah, I mean, this is like, you know, you're talking about prioritizing. I mean, it's like with marriage, yeah. you know, what you do, you're married to this career. That's really what, what it is. Right. If, if we didn't prioritize each other and put each other on the bottom of the list, right. then we probably would end up divorced. We wouldn't be yeah, almost 19 years married. What we've been right. And where, and where, and that's what happens a lot of marriages, I think, is where they don't prioritize and they lose the marriage. Well, just like right. with your career, if you don't prioritize that career, you're one day you're gonna walk away from it. Absolutely. <clears throat> so, um, what song are you gonna sing for us? Yes, 
So um, I was going to you. So this is my newest release, Nothing in Life, which is now out on all platforms, which is super duper exciting. It was out on all platforms as of Tuesday. And I actually, so as uh, you mentioned before, Sandy, I was grateful and um, blessed enough to have gotten so many live gig opportunities down here in my time in Nashville. So I've played this one all over the place, which has been super, super fun. And now it's out on all platforms. So you can go listen. Oh, wow. so, oh, floor is yours. To hear it. Thank you. There's a hole in my heart where that should be. There's a hole in yours too, where ain't the baby. There's a point then I guess where we can't do nothing. Where hard work didn't matter. Everything's stripped away. I just gotta say, I wish we could feel how it once felt again. Cause all there's no feathers, just nothing like it. And I tried to replicate it. Try thousands of ways, but you know as well as I, it matches nothing in life. When I skin those lights and logic. And without it, I'm lost, running on empty. They were too kind, coming up to me. Perfect strangers, perfect memory. Now everything's stripped away. And I just gotta say, I wish we could felt again Cause no feathers Just nothing like it And I tried to replicate it Make a thousands of ways But you know as well as I It I believe it behind for a couple 
know a lot of people they see you as the performer but they don't see the teams around you and in our opinion the teams never get the love they deserve no they don't on our show they do yes because so matter take a few moments tell us about the team that helps you do what you do so yeah i mean there are you know so many people just in general throughout my life who have helped me do what i do between um i mean so many of the vocal coaches that I've worked with and just in general, you know, musicians that have helped me and encouraged me. But in terms of my original music, really the team that I've worked with, um, Dave Brooks, my vocal coach, a uh, huge reason that I even came down in the first place and started working with all the incredible people that I did. Uh, Doug Ham, my producer who produced the first EP is also producing the second EP. Um, truly, I mean, just mastermind vinyl production, you know, truly brought the original ideas and feel and vision that I had to life when we ended up producing the first EP, which was just incredible. Um, all of the guys in the session band that I worked with, uh, Jeff King, Jeff Roach, Mike Brignadello, uh, Tommy Harden, all fantastic. I will never ever forget um, my first session experience down at Soundstage the first time. It was, I mean, it was unreal. You know, just going in and having these guys never having heard the song before, never having heard any. Real, I mean, just like that, picking things wow. up. Absolutely unreal. And then of course Sherry Cranford, yeah, who awesome. oh yes, she I'm is wonderfully working with for uh, PR throughout this whole experience. It's it's awesome. It truly, truly is. I've I've got the best team behind me. I'm very lucky. So you probably have a bunch of these stories, but tell us one that stands out, a parent story where they went above and beyond for your career. And you're like, wow, they get this is my passion. A parent story? Yeah. Yes. So just in general, I mean, this isn't necessarily a specific story, but my, um, we always, you know, laugh. My dad is always, always networking. He, you know, is <laughs> My total, you know, dadager, dad. <laughs> Basically, anywhere we go, especially you know, recently, as my original music has really taken off, um, mm. and just with my budding career. Wow. Whenever we're out, I mean, anywhere we're like, oh, you know, do they have live music? Or like, I could play there and just kind of putting um, 
that vision and really just, I mean, envisioning <laughs> playing anywhere and everywhere. And usually, you know, I mean, even with even if we're out and it has absolutely nothing to do with my music, you know, we could just be out as a family to a restaurant and stuff like that. Um, if there is a chance for live music, like he will go to the bar and ask about it. He'll go to the front desk and ask about hey, it. Hey, my daughter sings. Yeah. Yeah. He is, he is Superman with the networking. He is <laughs> always, um, on top of the game, which is awesome. They, I'm, they, I'm, they always say it's not, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Um, but I like to take it one step further. I think, you know, it's not, it's not what you know, and it's not necessarily who you know, but it's who knows you. Yes. Because you can know somebody, but if they don't remember you, absolutely doesn't matter. Oh, yes, that's what matters. <laughs> that's right. what matters. That's you know. So that's that's really awesome that you have an advocate like that. Because again, you know, mm -hmm. it, the music industry is tough as it is, and being a female, it's even tougher um, to make it out there and in, in within the music industry. So it's really great to have advocates. It's like, look, you know, you need to really see this person. You need to, you know. So that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, both of my parents are unreal in their support for me and pushing for everything I do. It's awesome. I mean, they, they always have been, but especially with the original music, always advocating for me and trying to get stuff out there, which makes the process, you know, a lot easier when you have them both in your corner. It's great. Yeah. And, and, you know, they see, like they say in real estate, it's location, location, location. Yeah. In music and entertainment, it's network, network, network. That for really sure. is it. So speaking of teams, we have a yes. third co-host, our little nine-year-old that we let ask we a few do. questions. So Sandy's gonna awesome. get in real quick. And we've got a two-year-old daughter that when she gets older, she'll be plugged into the show too when she can actually talk and ask questions. Because we are a family affair show. Absolutely. That's awesome. Not saying that everybody we bring on is family oriented, because again, you, you know, guess or guess, you know, <laughs> but we say our side's family oriented. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Are either of your kids um, starting to dip their toes into music at all yet? Not yet, but he yeah, wants he them one day do a podcast, probably. Yeah. Oh, he, and he loves music. So, yeah. and again, he got the like we told you earlier, he got them yes, drumsticks, drum right? Yes, I did. <laughs> he wants, when we moved to Nashville, he's, he wants, he, of course, it's convinced him to pick the drums. Yeah. So as a parent, you know, you're like, okay. Um, but you know what? what We're never going to sleep again, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you got to let them do what they get to do, right? Absolutely. Hi, Lucy. Hi, so nice <laughs> to meet you. Let me see. So what's a favorite food? What's my favorite food? I would probably say, a, it's funny, I was talking about this with my family the other day, probably a really good eggplant farm. There are like very few things to me. I, I come from an Italian family, so um, I am very unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, you know, I mean, you have good taste for things, but I am very particular when it comes to good Italian food. So I, I don't think you can go wrong with a really good eggplant farm. <laughs> Um, what's yours? Mine is pizza. Nice. What do you? Uh, what toppings do you get on your pizza? Uh, pepperoni, salsa, and supreme. Nice. You know, multiple types. Multiple types. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, what's your favorite TV show? Favorite TV show? I would probably have to say BBC's Sherlock Holmes. I I love it. I am um not too much into it because too much into it can freak me out a little bit but um kind of that like murder mystery very like 
dramatic genre, I, I think is super duper cool. So BBC Sherlock Holmes, it's uh, very, very fun. And what's yours? Bye, SpongeBob. Nice. And what's been cool is, you know, like we said before the show, you know, we he watches a lot of the Nickelodeon and Disney shows now. So we've been, he's been able to talk to people he looks up to. So it's been pretty cool. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what's your favorite movie? Favorite movie? That's hard. I'm a pretty big <laughs> Pixar buff. My family is very, very into Disney Pixar. So I would probably either have to say it's probably between The Incredibles, Monsters, Inc., um, or any of the Toy Story movies, or Finding Nemo. Those are all awesome. And what's yours? Mine is the, the Minions movie. Nice. Yeah, he loves the Minions. And so does our little Caitlin. She loves yeah. Minions, too. Yeah, the Minions are fun, for sure. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah, he, he loves to uh, do the show, so, you know, who knows? We might be building something in him. Absolutely. We'll see down the road where it all goes. Yeah, we'll the good see. thing is we will have all with him or the little one ever goes into music or acting or I think we've got a lot of contacts now that we get past. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Said, yeah, I mean it's all about the networking, right? Yeah. Yes. Glad network, you know. <laughs> Can't go wrong. So if you could co write with any artist, dead or alive, who would it be? That's really, ooh, that's a really good question. I would probably say, um, it's funny because I was like thinking about like favorite artists and funny enough co-writes this morning. I absolutely love the Goo Goo Dolls. I grew up on like 80s, 90s, pop, alt rock, kind of that genre. And it's a lot of what um, I cover back home too. I mean, we do stuff from 70s to today. But a lot of it is like 80s, 90s, early 2000s pop rocks. I absolutely love the Goo Goo Dolls. Not only just like that total 90s sound, but mm -hmm. I really have a lot of respect for the lead singer, Johnny Resnick, and his lyricism. So mm -hmm. I would love to co-write with him. That would be amazing. Um, or, I mean, you got to go classic, you know. Piano was the first instrument. I ever learned I fell in love with the piano, which is really where I took to first. So um if i ever had any sort of a chance to write with someone like billy joel i mean that would be, oh, that would be really yeah. awesome <laughs> so this probably has a thousand answers but just think oh, of the yeah. first thing that pops <laughs> in your head um what is a song you've heard that you wish you wrote song i've heard that i wish i wrote uh, funny i was just talking about the Goo Goo Dolls. um <laughs> probably probably here is gone by the Goo Goo Dolls, just because oh. I feel like it uses a lot of words that I that are kind of in my wheelhouse too, and kind of like what I uh, sort of like the style of lyricism in which I write, and I feel like he articulates the emotion behind mm -hmm. that song so perfectly that it's just like I wish I wrote that because that's like exactly what I'm trying to get across in some of my material, but it's like there's already a song like that and he wrote it and it's <laughs> articulated. So it's like, why would I have to do it? It's done. <laughs> Love that. So um, <clears throat> now I forgot where my mind just went completely brain. But back in 2016, um, we interviewed Kelsey Ballerini mm -hmm. before she was Kelsey, basically. Yes. <laughs> and um, one of the questions I asked her was where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to tell this story before I ask the guests that same question, because the answer she gave us five, six years ago 
was to the T of what she's living now. I mean, she knew where she was going and nothing was going to stop her. So knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? Where do I want to be in five years? I mean, I would, I mean, just in any general sense to really have my music out there and to really have a following and to be able to do something with that following. I think the pandemic has put into perspective, you know, that importance of live music. So if I were somewhere both with a big following and really, you know, loyal and communicative with that following, whether it be through social media or whether it be through seeing them live. And if that took me to a tour, I mean, I would love to be touring in five years. That would be a total dream. It'd be awesome. So let's look even further. Let's look 15 years down the road. Let's say that you're a success on a grand scale, whatever that looks like for you, you're there. If the person you are today could meet her, your future successful self, what would you remind her? What would I remind the future successful self? That's yeah. a really good question. Problem? Ooh, that's such a hard question. Um, I'd probably say, and I assume, you know, in 15 years and just where I would be and if success on a grand scale equates to monetary success as well, just because, I mean, that's yeah. how the music yeah. industry works. Great, you know, hypothetical success usually means monetary success in some way as well. You know, that's not the only definition of success. Yeah. But I would probably remind her to use your platform to do something that's really going to better the lives of people. So I think, you know, philanthropic um, celebrity decisions and philanthropic things that, you know, celebrities and successful people can do are so, so important and helping people in need. So if I wouldn't already be doing that, which I would plan to, with, <laughs> you know, I would always just remind myself, you're there and you've gotten to this big platform and just make sure you're using it to really be a good, you know, be a good person in this world and be a good, you know, be a light to the world. Cause I think that's really, really important. It is. And how would you describe your music to someone who hasn't heard it yet? I'd probably say pop rock with a little bit of country because uh, the way okay. my voice is, I've got a little bit of twang in it. I've always had the little bit of twang in it. <laughs> um, but I'd, yeah, just with the music I listen to and the style I write, mm -hmm. yeah, I'd probably say pop rock with a little bit of country. Cause, like, like Gabby yeah. Barrett, no matter what song she sings, there's going to be twang. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we love that. Yeah, And what would you like your legacy to be as an artist? What would you like to be known and remembered for? Um, known and remembered for lyricism that really makes people think. So just from a music standpoint, you know, lyricism that really connects to people and really helps them through things, whether it be, you know, enjoyment of good things or reflecting on things and helping them through tough times. And again, like mm -hmm. I said before, just remembered for being a good person and using whatever platform I end up having in the future to do really, really good things for the world.
And if you could relay any message to your fans, what would you want to tell them? Um, thank you for listening to my stuff, especially as an up and coming artist. Uh, streams and following is so, so important. So, you know, any little piece of that that I can get, I am so grateful for and so blessed to have. Um, and as I look forward, um, I would just say, you know, if you could keep following and keep streaming because good things are coming. And I just with how much I have fallen in love with songwriting, I've I've got the creative juices flowing. And if my fans are going to accept more music, music's going to come. <laughs> I love that. So let's say you had a friend of yours and you heard him or her singing. They have something special. As Simon Cowell would say, they have that it factor. And they played maybe 40 or 50 shows that are still getting their feet wet on the performance side. But they've gotten on stage. They got what every artist says, that stage bug where they look over the crowd and the crowd's roaring for them. And they just know they're in the right place. And they come to you and they say, Lucy, I know I've been called to do this. I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to kind of help guide them the next few years? Advice? Awesome. So like advice in terms of what, just in general, if they should. Yeah, just basically in general of what they need to do to move forward. Because, you know, they're, they're in that hunt and they're chasing that dream or, or getting ready to really chase that dream. Yeah, I think it kind of connects to what we were talking about before. You know, if they have a huge following and they've got the network built, I mean, really very few things should be stopping them from getting <laughs> level. But, you know, if you haven't built that connection yet, and if you haven't, you know, whether it be a location, whether it be just through a social media following, if you haven't gotten to a place where people are seeing the amazing things that you have to offer and seeing that it factor on a regular basis, probably the advice that I would give is get it in front of people who are going to do something with it. I love, I love that. So as we close out here, um, tell everybody how they can find you. So you can find my music on all platforms. So that's Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Music. Um, but if you're looking for my, so actually for all of these things, you can just visit my website, uh, www.lucybullock.com. Um, on most of my social media platforms, you can find me under Lucy Bullock Music. I think Twitter is the only exception. You can find me at Lucy Bullock Sing on that. But again, I'll save you all the trouble and clicking, and you can just go to LucyBullock.com and find it all on there. I love that. And, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today, and we look yes, forward to having you back down the road. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to be here today. Thank you for having me on. You have a great day. Thanks you so too. much for your time.